We say what they can't radio. Hey. I'm ready. I ain't ready to have some fun. Hey. Okay. Uh-oh. I like this. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Don't really think you know how this goes. So. Atlanta. Or Boston. <laughs> no, you're not gonna come me off like that. You're gonna hear this. You don't visit Atlanta. You are going to hear this. Bean Town. Whoever wins is two to one. Bean Town. It has to be a deciding factor. Bean Town. Six one seven eight five seven zero two one three six. High Park stand up. Roxbury stand up. Dorchester stand up. Dorchester. West Roxbury stand up. South Boston. Don't mimic me like that, bro. Watch out. You don't say you don't even say it like out. that. Hey, cut the cut the camera. Yo, what the what's going on? No, I, I feel I feel. You see my face and move because I can't take it serious. <laughs> Anyways, shout out to Boston. That's shout where out. I'm from. Wow. You know, ten toes down. Bean town. Bean town. Lang is not gonna go because I wasn't finished yet. The home of Larry Bird. How long you gonna take? I'm gonna take Don't that. Don't think it's three minutes. <laughs> bro. Okay. How long me, it takes? I can't, bro. I've been to Boston, bro. You know I've been to Boston. I've been to Boston for, for Thanksgiving. Come on, bro. With the fam. Yeah. But, bro. You say and you enjoyed it. The, I up. did. Dab me up. Dab me up. The fact that. Hit him with it. Hit him with it. Hit him with it. We couldn't find a liquor store. 404 678. Bro, we couldn't seven, find seven, We couldn't find a gas zone station. Zone four, zone one, zone two, zone three, but I'm only from that one spot that means Yo, some I, zone I gotta four, tell you the truth. Southwest Atlanta, SWAT. You dig what I'm talking about? That means Home to Frederick Douglass High School, Benjamin Elijah Mays High School. Booker T. Washington High School. That means nothing to me. Henry W. Gray. Keep on going. Yes, sir. Shout out to Charlestown High. Varsity. Born, we got Atlanta Boston Station. born, Boston bred, We got Centennial Park for you to just take a walk. We got the CNN Center. Man, I've been to Boston too. Spent two weeks there and actually had my heart broken while I was there. It's so a let cold, me tell it's a you, city. it's a cold, cold whack of a town. It's just a like city. them C's. Never got your heart just like broken. them P's. Just like your, your whole broken. city. Listen, you dig what I'm talking about? Shout out to Boston, y'all. Shout out, shout out to Atlanta. Yeah. Boston. You know you wanted to say Boston. No, no, no I wasn't. That's why you because a I, no, bit. I said shout out to Atlanta because I don't want to be rude no more. Cause I was about to say some, something else. Go ahead. So shout out to, <laughs> shout out, we'll give, we'll Atlanta give Boston, some we'll too. give Boston this just due and the vote is clear. It's two to one. I mean, I didn't vote. You did. You, you said, didn't. I said I was, Atlanta. Versus, I was trying. I, I was Atlanta trying to. Versus Boston. <laughs> if you say Atlanta and I say Atlanta, yeah, he loses. I didn't even say my piece. And he went to Atlanta. He enjoys it. I don't know. I, I do think, enjoy Atlanta. I think Atlanta is. I, do enjoy I think it. Atlanta. This is why I say Atlanta over Boston. It's growing. Uh, mm, it's the capital for musical well, enjoyment. Well, no, oh no, it is not. the place where the trap started booming and jumping, and all y'all love it. Sounds great. Trap house jumping not, out of gym. Stop playing. Oh my goodness. Stop playing. I love the trap music when it exists. Let him. Y'all want trap not no brownstone. Tyreek, we had houses. We was trapping out of in the I, south. I can't do it today. My mental health is at stake. Oh yeah, he don't want to argue today. <laughs> I have like high blood pressure every time I leave here because you <laughs> two just stress me out. You not stressed? Exactly. Yeah. Last episode, 
uh, with Kobe, you and uh, Cena, and just oh. And then last week, oh, I given out Mark Dwight Asino. Yo, you're disrespectful. Is it my name Dwight? You said my name Dwight. Is it Dwight? Anyways, let's let's start this episode off. Thank you for tuning in to the Ghetto Profit Podcast, episode number four. Episode number four. Dwight. We're three black men. Young educators from b- 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 Boston <laughs> and Dwight, <laughs> Brooklyn, come together to discuss and argue <laughs> everything and anything affecting us this week. Um, so I'm Mark, and one thing I did to maintain my mental health this week was actually spend more time alone. Uh, I finally get to get use of me being in my own space, you know, thinking a lot to myself. I'm never a person that's used to just sitting down writing in a journal and, you know, just writing down what bothers me, writing down my goals. You know, I always, like, kept it in mind. Um, but it is helpful, though. I yeah. do write it down in my notes sometimes. Like uh, freshly started going to church not too long ago, and everything that get that I pick up from church, either online or um uh, from a chapter, I'll write it down. You know, the word of the day will be my word of the week. Yeah. So I always go back to those to those notes. And it's, it's just like a boost of encouragement. So me having alone time is how I, you know, well, deal with my mental health. I'm pulling up mine. So what you got? I told you in my dissertation, I'm writing about imaginative meaning as a part of how we mm-hmm. want to develop, like, these communities that include all stakeholders but really leave everybody in, um, in development of yeah. seeing themselves for themselves. So every morning, I'm going to tell you no lie, anytime I'm about to walk in that building for work or leave that building and go anywhere, this is what I do. This, this, this song, what is it? Is it play? The music? It's some music. It better be good, too. Every morning, let me tell you something. I play this as I'm walking up the street, coming to board. Cause I am John <laughs> Shell. Yo, this is some real southern shit. <laughs> and shout out to my boy what? Isaac Hayes the third. And shout out to the, the late and great Isaac Hayes. Cause Bro. I swear to God, every morning I listen to this song and think I'm John Shell. Cause John Shell one of the coolest. I promise. You. What? If you watch Richard Roundtree's Richard Roundtree's version of Shell and really watch those movies, John Shell was a dope dude. But one of the biggest things about it, he was a rebel. Mm. And and he he didn't like the cops called him to solve cases because they knew how qualified and skillful he was. Right. So there's some symbolism to why I like John Shaft, I like John Wick, or yeah. any of those things. But for for real, for real, what I've done to get my mental health up this week, uh, same way I started, which I watch movies. Yeah. Same way I learned, I watch movies. So I, I've been watching uh, *Lethal Weapon*. So um, you went to the movies this weekend? No, too? no, I've been watching. You let me finish <laughs> to a date at eleven thirty. If you let me finish and listen, today it was Sunday morning. I said I've been watching Lethal Weapon. I've been watching Lethal Weapon. Uh huh. I watched Lethal Weapon three, Lethal Weapon four, mm-hmm. and um, I just like dived into what are the key things. Like what I do is try to solve movies, and what was the point that the director really tried to get us to see? Yo, because we watch movies for a basic activity nowadays. We don't really watch films. <laughs> Le- for real. Lethal Weapon is a de- is definitely a romantic movie though. Which one? So you cannot have been watching it by yourself, bro. The weapon is not romantic. What it is. 
I bro, mean, he's Danny Glover. Da- yo, bro, he's killing <laughs> it. Bro. Yo, Danny Glover has yo. a family, a wife. And that's kid. what I'm saying, bro. But that's not it's an image, bro. Bro, the, the movie, the movie is. Hold on, I haven't watched that movie. You never watched Lethal Weapon, so don't get the wrong ideas. Nothing about romance. No, Lethal Weapon is four action movies starting in I think 1988, then 89, then 92, and then 98. I'm glad Ooh. you said Danny Glover. Has he ever had a good role in movies? What do you yes. mean? Yes, every, mo- every was role was good. Every role was good. Predator you too. mean no? He means like, like as a, as good, a guy. good guy. Oh, Lethal Weapon. He was Lethal guy. Weapon was a good guy. Yeah. But no, that's my. Well, he was a, he was a, well, he was a cop, so he's a good guy for a certain Sir, demographic Sir, of people. Well, they was, what was what, they was in L.A. One it of was the in, few. Wasn't they in Beverly? No, that was not LAPD. LAPD. Yeah. All right. Well, just like Michael and just like Mark, they shared what they did this weekend. Uh, and I'm Tyreek, and this weekend, I decided that I was going to read a little bit more. Um, I just started reading a book called The Four Agreements. It is a wisdom book, and I am really looking at it. It says, A Practical Guide to Personal Freedom. And I just started reading it, and it's by, um, what's his name? Don Miguel Ruiz. And so it's really good so far. It's really a great book, and it's just a, a, a mind um an eye open Similar yourself. And it, it opens my mind to just understanding different things, right? And so um, outside of just my faith, you know, reading the scriptures or meditating or praying, um, I actually like to read. I have a whole extensive library in my home. And so just picking up this book right here. Um, and as an educator, sometimes dur- during the school year, you find it really hard to carve out some time to read um, for, uh, for me. You've been doing this a lot longer, so you got a better rhythm. I my rhythm is is a lot harder, so I'm figuring that out, and that's why this book right here you is take it, you take it right. That's why I'm deciding to pick up this book and read. Like I leave my laptop at at the job now, like things like that. Oh, also, you know what I did this weekend? What you did? that helped my mental health? What? Bro, I left my work computer on my work desk, hey. and I did not touch it. You know, what I, you know what I do? I just do not, other work on it and just cut from the network so it don't get... No, nah, I'm just saying, but I don't... Track my I, habits. To right. be honest, I want to take... Um, I need to disable that email That email on my phone. Uh, uh, God bless you. Thank you. I've been telling you that. I ain't never put that devil... Like, random notifications <laughs> pop up, especially when we're That's on, like, worship. break. You don't get no... But you, you don't do get not no put your... Yes, we do. Yes, you... Boy, what? Update. Boy. <laughs> you just turn your... You just if turn you your check them bad boys, them folks be emailing you around 9, 10. Just, Use a new fool for them reading. Just, you should never open it. Just... Turn off the notification. You don't have to delete it because when you have to add it back when you get to work, that's another headache. No, you don't got to add it back. You check it on your computer and let it be on your computer, and then that's it. You know what your tasks are. You execute them early. But you're it's, doing a great job with this book, though, because it's a beautiful book. This book has actually been amazing. And I'm going to quit you by the end of the week, too, on that book. For too. what? To in, ensure that you have done proper analysis. You read it? I haven't. So why are you quizzing me? Sp- uh, what's that? Well, what's you that? can't quit. No, 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 spark no, 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 no. You can't. You can't. Nah, they, they still you can't spark quit. No, nah, if you ain't gonna spark read, you can't notes. quiz. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh-uh. See, this is why that's my... the problem. That's just like these single folk be trying to give people in relationships advice. No. <laughs> oh no. god. No. Shout out to those folks. Single. <laughs> no. You don't try to give people in advice. In this situation, your voice does not matter. What Girl, are you telling them? You know what? You know what I would. If I was you, if I was you, you not me. You single. You is not They'll with still, nobody. They will still listen, though. They will. Of they all will time. listen. I no, I'm quite sure I've lost women for some other woman that's telling her something. You don't need him. Ooh. Girl, you don't need him. Girl. Come be lonely Girl, with you. Girl, you done lost one of the greatest things that could have grown to the best thing in your life. Let's watch uh, Lifetime movies. Uh, 
do each other's makeup. Ain't no lie, I used to watch Lifetime movies with my mom. All right, this is triggering me. Can we move on, please? All right, definitely. We still based in mental health. Yeah, so yeah. So since we're sticking on mental health, and that's our main focus today. I know we all watched the viral video of Delonte West Man, um, last week. And that was extremely sad for me because not only did he play for the true green, my big C, shout out Boston again, 617857, you know what we do, 10 toes down. But to my right side. But anyway, but seeing, <laughs> but seeing that uh, video, can I get serious? I'm trying to help you. you. You said that Boston stuff. Anyway, seeing that video, really, it really broke me down because when back in when he was at the Celtics and they said that he was uh, he was bipolar, and you clearly didn't see that on the court, right? right? That tells you that when you see someone that's you know playing the game that they love, or they might not love, they might not be playing the game for themselves. They might be playing it for someone else that drove them to that game. Seeing a player on the court, you never know what's wrong with them, right? And anyone, anyone, I, I'm sitting next to my both of my brothers. I honestly do not know what's going on internally with you guys, right? I I don't know what you're gonna do once you get home. Yeah. I all I know is that Poop. I'm gonna see you tomorrow. You know right? what I'm thinking right and, now? What's up? I was literally trying to figure out when would be a great moment to yell Dwight, <laughs> but it wasn't gonna work. It just wasn't, not now. Not right now. Maybe later. No, I'm but saying, but no, see, but yeah, seeing seeing a video of a, like a true star do that, no, he was just, he was good, he was a great point guard. I feel like at some point for the Celtics, um, getting beat up in the highway by a random dude, cop. But it wasn't a cop. Oh, it's not a cop. It wasn't a cop. Oh wow! Was, see the video no. footage I saw made it seem like it was the cop. No, the cop, oh, the cop man. was questioning him, cop, and okay. the words that was coming out of his mouth like Navy Seals. I'm like, oh, yeah. what's what's going on? And, you know, there was a post that said the Celtics owner, Danny Ainge, offered him a, a gift. Yeah. yeah. A gym yeah. To, I just hope he take it. Oh, I mean, he's going to have to get what? some help first. Well, yeah, right? he's going to get not simple, That's not a simple transition. And uh, it, what, did he, wanna, what did he offer him? I think, uh, scouting job. Scouting job, yeah. And, but see, that's another problem with mental health is because we be thinking, like, roles, positions, and something like that is going to put a Band-Aid over these wounds. That man, like you said, that man needs help. First. He does. I mean, ever since that first incident when he was riding on a motorcycle with a guitar case with so many guns in there. Like, what? Man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, was, man, he was, ammunition yeah, he was in there. Yeah. See, you wouldn't, it was, Boston, those are like Boston stories. Right? Shout out to Boston. You know how we get oh. down. No, I genuinely didn't. Well, no, I seriously. No, those were those stories yeah. that were directly, like when he was playing for them. But like they would get the direct, <laughs> so, so we didn't know that. Before, I, just before you even jump on that, before you even say that, you want to talk talk about mental health, bro? Okay. I was watching the Aaron Hernandez Aaron Hernandez uh -huh. story, and that that whole idea that Boston what you, gotta you? Say, you gotta say that you gotta say that for the end. That's what that's what we watching. Oh, okay. No, I, no, I mean I'm just talking in terms of like just thinking about like this idea of no, no. Athletes. I'm talking about the documentary. Talk talk about what you. No, I'm yeah, just, yeah, yeah but just the athlete thing that's going on with you. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Right, like this man is just like if you you know his story, right? Like his story's out there. So uh, it's no well, sport. We really no don't know his story. He's well, not there to. We really don't know nobody. Exactly. So the documentary is the same. No, there. I'm not. I'm not talking about the documentary. I'm talking about the story in terms of what's present, like what we know from the news of what happened, like oh, the murders, right. the court cases. Were you ever the 
You, you we, know what happened. You, there were people that were murdered. That's a fact. Oh, yeah. yeah. There were people. There was a lot of evidence to support that he was on at the scene of the crime right. during the murders. Um, there was a lot of uh, he said, she said going right. down. Um, there's a lot of stuff that happened in his childhood. That's fact. Right. Like, it's just, yo, this stuff is crazy. And the fact is he was at the top of his game playing for a perennial team, right? Like a top, uh, uh, one of the, the the number one sports teams in America, right? Just thinking, of playing along some somewhere, some New England Patriots. We we know we appreciate you, Same. right? But this, I'm just saying, just thinking about what he was dealing with and what he was going through, what he was facing and battling. Your mental health, bro, is a is a real deal. So did that lead me to our king supporting queen segment? So when we think about it, we talk about mental health. And we talk about strong women in this world. I think I, I want to support out. I, I want to start with my mom, and the reason why to start with that is because I realized like it took me. I'm never. I got. I didn't go to therapy, but I did. I made a therapist, and like I never forget. One of the first things I asked her was like, "Yo, like can we just have a, a long talk? It ain't nothing related to me trying to be with you right now. It's just like I want to talk to you. Like help me out." I remember doing that on the phone with her, and I, I got a chance to get a lot of stuff out in that moment. But I never went to therapy. Well, I think one of the biggest things is when you think about a woman in this world now raising a young man, wow. Mm-hmm. So I got to definitely give credit to my mom because yeah. mm-hmm. my mom had me at 42. Absolutely. So she's like wow. venturing into what should be her freedom years, but yeah. should have been that a long time ago. But what should be your freedom years, you developing some child's mind in a world that was changing. Y2K, all that. Right. So now you think about women today, and you think about Aaron Hernandez and what his mom thinking. I think that made me just think about when, Because when you brought that up, it made me think about my mom. So right. shout out to her. Love you, Linda. All right. Uh, continuing on our King Shout on Queens, I want to shout out to a special lady in my life. Uh, shout out to my grandmother. Today's her birthday. Uh, 86th birthday. Wow. Uh, yeah, 86. I met your grandma, right? Dope. Yeah, was she, she at the house? Yeah, she yeah. was at the house during Thanksgiving, yeah. Wow. Uh, shout out to her. Shout out my mom's, they both currently in Haiti right now, celebrating. Wow. Yeah, I had to call her this morning. Tell her, yeah, she's over there, you know. Wow. She's enjoying, she's enjoying the weather. My mom was like, she's trying to get her off her feet. But shout out to that woman, man. I, ever since, you know, childhood days, mm-hmm. and just seeing that woman, just the strength that she had. You know, well, that she has still. I mean, after my grandfather passed, may God rest his soul, um, she was she was like the core of the family. Mm-hmm. Like, we have this neighborhood in Haiti called La Coutisetui. Coutisetui. That's my mom's last name. And I feel... I don't, wait, wait, I, wait, that's crazy. Yeah. So you have a neighborhood? That's a neighborhood, dope. yeah. Named after my grandfather. So the entire neighborhood, she rents places. Like she, wow. She, um, you know where vendors would sell their merchandise. Like, she was so, like, motherly. Like, she would take in anyone. Like, this kid that lost his grandmother, she took him in. Mm. And this kid, like, honestly, like, he helped her out with everything. Everything. Like, it was just like, wow. It's like, she'll take in anyone and raise her as her own. And, you know, shout out to her. You know, she's still living. Still strong, still pushing, still cooking. Oh, yeah, yeah you know, shout out to her, man. Happy That's birthday, some good food, grandma. man. Have some good food. Thanksgiving. Happy birthday, Grandma. Listen, um, and I'm going to have to make sure I give a shout out. I know I keep it close, but uh, this week, my cousin, uh, her name is Diamond Craig, and she is the founder 
and CEO of her own nonprofit. Uh, it's called Purposefully Pretty. And this past weekend, she just received uh, an amazing award um, and uh, from one of the senators, uh, Eric Adams. And it, just watching a lot of the things that she's doing in med school, working really hard, leading the nonprofit, having uh, galas and working with a lot, mentoring a lot of teenage girls in, in the Queens uh, community and just watching her pursue her dreams and make things happen and make magic happen. I definitely want to shout my cousin out, Diamond Craig. Listen, I love you, girl. Um, got to hang out with her on our, for Christmas um, at uh, her house in Queens and phenomenal. So I just want to shout my cousin out and just let that be it right now. So, all right. yeah. So, all right. Let's, uh, let's steer our conversations to mental health and yeah, especially, especially in the black community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first question, why do you feel like there's such a huge stigma to mental illness in our black community, even when we know we're more at risk? So I, so again, I, again, this is big to me, like personally, it's big to all of us. And I want to start this off by by saying, growing up, you know, a black parent saying that, you know, their son has mental health issues was something that parents always steer away from. Like it was a thing, like there was nothing ever wrong with us, right? But we're built off trauma, like that. Like the way we move every day is based off trauma. And I think about slavery uh i think about our ancestors i think about our culture and we're so traumatized as the way we move and we so we don't see anything wrong or we do see something wrong but we're afraid to seek help me personally you guys are my brothers fans supporters you guys will know this too i don't have anyone to go talk to I just recently started going to therapy, right? And it's, I've, sometimes I'm one foot in, one foot out. Because I could have the perfect day, one day, I could have the perfect day, walk into therapy, walk out, I feel like shit. Yeah. And there's certain times, there's things I don't want to talk about, yeah. and I just sit there silent. I'm just wasting my therapist's time. And, you know, she tries so hard to get something out of me. But I'm so used to just keeping things internally that I know that someday is just going to, not someday, I'll give myself like a couple hours. It's going to pass and I'm going to move on. I'm going to be hurt truly inside. But I know what keeps me sane. I have to keep moving. Yeah. So my therapeutic actions to, for me to just like get things out my way, just clear my mind is actually being the space of my own. Mm-hmm. Washing dishes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have to be keep, I have to keep active mm-hmm. in order for me to just, keep that clear mind and just state it. Like I said in the last episode, I know at the end, this is going to be good. So I know going to therapy is going to benefit me right now. I'm still in and out, but I know this is something that's good for every human being. Right. So um, I want to hear y'all thoughts on, you know, the huge stigma. So any y'all take it. To start, I think it derives from the, how you're educated. I mean, to be educated, means to have a set of formal skills that allow you to take your emotion, um, take your feelings in the moment and your thoughts that you just have about life. And to be educated, you're supposed to apply it. And you apply it in these moments like this where you have to be able to look at somebody and just say, 
yo, they they kind of pretending. But you gotta you gotta wanna but you gotta wanna know that. But to know that is not about studying another person. It's about knowing yourself. When you know yourself and you internally fall in love with yourself, you can go to somebody and tell them the truth about themselves. How do I know? I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. The reason why what people call me, I'm argumentative and I always yell and my voice raised. No, 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 no. What it is is I can feel, I can tell, and I can read when somebody's talking down to me. And I can also tell that when you don't know you're doing it and you think you're doing it as a friend or, but you can't just misguide that. Because what people always do is I'm trying to tell you as a friend. Now, if you want to tell me as a friend, you told me this days ago. You don't tell me something when I make you mad. You don't tell me something when you're flustered. You don't tell me something when I frustrate you. If you want to let me know about myself, you find the time and place. All and most of my life, people always try to tell me something in the moment of a, of a heated moment. You ain't going to never get the best response from me. My name is Michael Eugene Driver. I am a born in October 18th, 1992. I am birthed from Linda Driver, September 28th. 1950. We are both Libras. You will never, ever get us to bow down in no way. It only ends and it only will stop when you actually talk to me as if you really trying to deliver something to me. And I had to realize that about me and my mom. Mm-hmm. I said, like, bro, we be, we used to argue. Right. We used to go at it. I'm like, dang, I'm so disrespectful. My days gonna be numbered and all this, but now, nah. I think one of the biggest things that hit me was, wow, it's about that. That, that introspect, that, that chance to go inside myself. And the reason why I had to do it was because I had to free myself of a couple things. Now, mm-hmm. now I, my bad for cutting you off. Oh, yeah. but, so how would you bring that back to the huge stigma? Right, so this is how it goes. It's about the fact that, like, it, you got to know yourself first. You can't address something like that if people not address it within themselves on a daily basis. Where are you at right now? Where is your head at right now? What are you willing to do? What is keeping you in line? Yeah, okay. I w- and, and to build on that, though, I I think that why is there a huge stigma? Mark, I want to say you hit on some stuff when it comes to history, right? But uh, one thing we, we can acknowledge is that there's a lot of trauma within the black community, right, that, that's happened historically. But one of the things that's also a part of that trauma is the medical trauma that's happened within our community, right? With historically black people being used uh, for scientific experiments. For there was absolutely nothing wrong with these men and these women. And then here we have them for, we're going to give them a little bit of money, but we're going to test some drugs on them. We're going to test some things on them. And we're going to send them, and then we're going to send them back into society and make them think everything's okay. With the prescription right? label that right. says it's a possibility right. that you will have these or, effects. Or even the fact of, look in Vietnam, right? A lot of, a lot of, uh, of, of. My African, dad's a Vietnam War veteran. A lot of African Americans, a lot of Americans, but mainly a lot of African Americans went over there. And while they were over there, they were being doped up legally. By the American government, by the army, by the military, on on medical test trial drugs, so that that was due to like try to test on cancer patients or people with syphilis and all types of diseases. They're testing these drugs on these men. And guess what? Right? And guess who? Guess what? My father struggled with 
Drug yeah. Abuse. And it's real. And it's was they're being introduced to it by the pharmaceutical industry. Right. We also see that and have been run heavy within our schools. Right. right. Where Dr. Umar Johnson, he makes the comparison between uh, the there, there's two million there's about, about what is it two million black black African-Americans and uh, in the prison system, and there's nearly two million African Americans in the special education system, uh, uh, system, right? Where there's a connection that goes from the, pr- the school to prison pipeline. Right. But a part of that special education system is so many kids are being diagnosed with with with, with situations or diagnosed with uh, some type of mental diseases or mental illnesses, and they're given these drugs. Right. They're being doped up, bro. We know it as educators. We see it firsthand. For years, I worked in, 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 in Brooklyn, East New York. I worked mm-hmm. over in my community, and I've seen kids who could not function. I've seen 11- and 12-year-olds with the dope lean, bro, because they're being doped up by a, ph- a pharmaceutical company so who wants to do right. nothing right. but put money in their pockets. So the stigma that comes is not from the stigma of we're so strong, we don't need mental health, we don't need mental health counseling, right. we don't need this. It comes from a distrust for the medical society. For for so long, you guys have been mis- abusing us, uh, uh, taking our trust for granted, and using us just for your own selfish gain. Just like the American system, bro. Like, we look at it and this is what it is. And so the stigma comes where people don't want to go to the doctor because so many stories happen. We have so many stories in our history where, oh, she went in there and she was fine. And, came and she had a heart attack. Yeah. How? Oh, she went in there and she had kidney stones. And she had a stroke. How? Like, you think, and this is real, this is stuff that's happened in my family. So, so you know what I mean? This lean, is real stuff. To lean into your point, too, then, I think it's also image preservation. No matter everywhere you go, we got people trying to preserve this idea. Either you trying to protect your child, you trying to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Everybody, it's about it's about I don't want my business out there. Right. But I I think that that I think that's the problem, and I don't think that's a today thing. No, that's I, a, I, I would think that's say early it's on. Always been off. No, that's what I'm saying it's early on. Like we don't want people to know our business. But like, that's the. But I would disagree. I think that it's a. I think there is some idea of we don't want people to know our business, but it comes from a place. Where our 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 confidentiality every community has not been, every community not exposed to the information you got so you I think like somebody what do you mean? like every every everybody in Atlanta I'm telling you people in Atlanta right now is not privy to no, but his, being it comes from right it, but we talking about we birthing it's, it's still go back from from an educational standpoint if you are not being educated to search and research you are not thinking about those things so you're only thinking no. about why would I not send my child to Get counsel no, that's not what I, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying that going back the foundations, the roots no, of we it. Said, but I get yeah, we talking about the stigma now. All right, but I'm saying the, why it, is the stigma? So that's like, why, like why are we that's so afraid? I'm, so, right, that's what I'm saying. I'm no, saying but you that, can't say everybody's afraid of listen, pharmaceutical. I'm not saying everybody didn't have that's that not, That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the foundation is that there's a distrust between. Those are the, our community. That ain't how every and community started. Let me that. finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. There's a mistrust that historically has been there. And yes, it has evolved into something else that's like, we don't want everybody in our business. We don't want all of this stuff. But it's, it's, it's there. It's so many different stigmas. I'm saying that the foundation, that the root of it 
there's a lot of abuse that's happened. But every which mental health why, issue don't require a drug. So I'm saying that's what no, I'm saying. We can't limit it to. We talking I'm not about, talking about drugs. I'm talking about even the idea of going to a counselor because oftentimes, sometimes it's not just regular time. It's not always. Um, but so it goes to not being in my business to go to a counselor. We t- you like it's two different segues into it. It's the pharmaceutical side of things, which don't just limit to ment- like drugs for your mental. We talking about what women go through when they're having like children. So that's a whole another pharmaceutical distrust that can be included in that. But we talking about mental health. We talking about people not wanting to not just go to counseling, not have a conversation in public. We don't have this conversation with our kids. Teachers don't have these conversations amongst themselves. No, I, and I, I would. That's what we talk. I'm, that, but I, I'm saying I'm not disagreeing with you at all. No, what I, I, agree, is, I feel like what I feel like is, what you're saying is a whole nother episode because what the men, like your mental, is affected by those drugs. We talking about the mental, mental health of like knowing that some of the things that can be changed in our communities is through a conversation, right? Through a consistent so, conversation that has action involved. Hey, I want to say this. I want to say this because I sometimes I stare at my mother and I feel like she's afraid to admit that my little brother has autism. Yeah, that's right? real. So, that's like, real. there's certain certain times I see the way he moves. I'm like, I noticed right when I think when he was three, my mom was so like, she knew, but she didn't want to let people know. I mean, outside looking in, you could automatically tell. Mm. Like, yeah, my my brother's wow. autistic. Wow, right? And me, stem like just stemming back to coming from like elementary school where special needs kids were isolated. They were in a small group. They were always in a small group classroom, right? Mm-hmm. Four or five of them. I was the one always walking by, making fun of them, mm. right? So. Now, knowing that I have a little brother that has autism, obviously, I'm like anyone who makes fun of him. I'm on it. I'm on site. Yeah. Anyone. Right. But I can't I can't do that. Right. I'm not always with him. I don't know what the experience that he goes through. Every single time I see the kid, he's happy. Yeah. If he's happy, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. But I feel like coming from a Haitian household, we're so, you know, I can't even tell my parents that I go to therapy. Wow. Because only thing that they they think about, if you say therapy around them, oh, you're crazy. Right, right. And us as black African-Americans, we need to finally admit that we need to talk to someone. Yeah. It it doesn't it doesn't For matter. Sure. You don't have to go to therapy. You need someone to talk to. We do. Because me being 25... Say it, Mark. Birthday coming soon. Mm-hmm. I've missed out on so many opportunities to tell people my problem. Wow. Even my closest friends. My closest day one, sandbox days. I can't even tell them anything because it's not that I'm afraid of how they look at me. I know my friend, my boys ain't going to look at me different. Yeah. My closest ain't going to look at me different. Right. It's just I was so used to just keeping things inside. Right, keeping things inside, and I've been I've been learning how to just cope with that. Right. So, again, as men, it doesn't women too. We need to finally admit that we need someone to talk to because it helps. Right. It truly does because not all the time when I go into therapy, I walk out feeling like shit. Mm. I can have a bad day and walk into therapy and I feel great about myself. Yeah. 
But I feel great because I'm finally releasing things that I wasn't able to speak out loud yeah. in a room by myself. Mm. Like my close ones. Yeah. I know there's some close ones of mine that I haven't, I keep quiet sometimes and I feel like they know when I'm hurt and now they're hurt. Mm. My thing is, if you're in my circle, I can't have you be like, I can't see you hurt. Even if you're hurt for me, mm-hmm. even if you know that you, that you're feeling like you're that hurt for yeah. me, I'm going to find a way to make you happy. Yeah. I, so that was always my thing. Nah, I, I, you know, there, and speaking of like, as a child, right? Like you were talking about your little brother. I think about when I was a kid, right? And just the idea of, I look back and I remember knowing that, uh, I remember having to be evaluated as a kid, right? My teacher, um, you know, God bless her heart. She thought she was doing the right thing, but, but she probably was, you know, like she just assumed like, Hey, Tyree's a little different. I'm like, you know, and my mom had me evaluated and the doctors ended up saying like, Oh, he's fine. Like, you know, he's just a little like, he like, he, he's just a little bored. Like, so he's not into, like whatever's, whatever he's learning at this level in kindergarten is not really doing it for him. It's not getting his mind going. And, but one thing I do appreciate my mom for doing is getting my brother and I in counseling. Right. We I remember have being in counseling as a kid. I remember every Saturday we looked forward to going over there right off of um, Cozine Avenue to the counseling over there. We looked forward to going and I forgot the guy's name. I think his name was Mr. Michael or something or Mr. Thomas. I can't remember. Dope black man. Right. And and the fact is we connected with him. Like, we spoke with him, we talked with him, we laughed with him. He was somebody who actually listened to us. And you don't really realize the impact that that has have on you as an 8, 9, 10-year-old, right? That someone is actually interested in hearing what you have to say. Mm-hmm. That prepares you for eventually when you get older, you need to be willing to be able to articulate your thoughts mm-hmm. in order to be a healthy individual, right? And so we're able to go. I remember it, and it, it was so engaging. So I think about, like, the, the impact that counseling had on me from a young age that, and the impact that I'm grateful that if I tell my mom, you know, I'm going to counseling, it's, 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 there's not a conversation that comes along with it. It's not like, why are you doing that? Why are you trusting all these people with your business? It's a, wow, that's good. How you like it? What what are you getting out of it? How are you applying it, right? And so we're thinking about the backgrounds where, yo, there are so many times where there I could have, I've had people in my life and my family at times that have said something negative about counseling. But my immediate family is like this. Now, nah, we, need, we, we need somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. And that comes from my grandmother who was adamant on talking to somebody every week going really meeting and, and making sure that you made sure that your mind is good yeah. because sometimes we so focused, especially in the profession we're in y'all we're so focused on meeting the needs of everyone else the social we, we uh, emotional development of everyone else but when we get stuck yeah. we stuck we, we stuck right. and i believe this this i don't even believe in being stuck anymore I, someone said a quote a couple of weeks ago and it stuck with me you're not stuck you know you're never stuck you're either growing or you're either shrinking it's, it's one or the other. Right. It's not like I'm stagnant. It's either you're, you get, you're growing or you get, you're shrinking. Right. And I think the idea of what counseling has done for me since I was a kid has allowed me to grow in ways where I didn't know that I, I could grow. I, I, I told my ex-girlfriend one time, I said, yo, the best time in our relationship was the first year and a half when I was in counseling. Then I wasn't in counseling. 
And boy, did it go left. <laughs> <laughs> it went left, bro. So, si- so since we're on this, yes. would you say that black children should receive counseling? This is a question for both of y'all. I mean, so, I think I know your answer. So I'm about to yes. so be clear. It ain't just about receiving counseling. It's about being heard. Yes. Because at the end of the day, I was 12 years old. I put a gun, I put a gun to my head 20. Right? I ain't never told nobody none of that until I got older. Like, I got free of... I just got free because I I, I I used to always hear, and my dean, uh, shout out to Deshaun Bennett, um, my dean recently, last year, was just like, driver, you ain't got nothing to prove. Mm. And I think what I realized, I lived my life so long embedded with this idea that I did have to prove something. Yeah. Why? Because I almost took my life. Yeah. And I don't think nobody got that, you know? So for everybody out there in the world who ever said, I'm doing too much and I talk too much, but you don't... Un- you don't even understand that yeah. I almost never had a chance to say nothing. This is it's a, it's a testimony by my own by my own hands. I was about to end myself. You understand? Wow. At twelve, that's mental illness. At twelve, I didn't even know who to talk to. Wow. My parents did not know until I was in my twenties. So if you got smoke with any way I present myself in this world, I'm sorry, just like Kobe. They can't change you, man. You're not going to change me. You know why? Because I chose not to do it the first time, shaped me, picked it up a second time, and chose not again. And at that point, it was awkward. My dad left to go to Florida. He went to Jacksonville. And it was random and abrupt. He was like, I got to go get my life together. I got to check. I got to change myself. I'm like, bro, what's going on? What you talking about? Sound like you dealing with drug abuse. It didn't. Going to Jacksonville didn't just help the situation. This is a process. Yeah. Cause there was resentment mm-hmm. on my end. Yeah. That also made me more angry. Yeah. People don't realize and what I wanted and I've been trying I always warn people. And and back then it was it was a warning. Right. I realized, bro, y'all don't understand that I was on thin lines from like if something really was enough, like my mama getting hurt or my, my sister getting hurt or something. Yeah. I'd have probably triggered off and really been off off the hinge. Yeah. In a lot of spaces. And especially high school. Because right. high school was my worst. Uh, you know, I'm going to get a little sad when I say this, but it was the worst experience internally than what it looked like externally. Wow. What bothered you so much? Um, if you. So, no, I don't, and I don't mind saying it. It's because in my time of trying to prove. I I lost myself, mm. and um, I lost myself in ways that it was just moving so fast I couldn't get it back. Yeah, my best friend I was friends with him since third grade. I was angry with him. Why? Because every time, every year, it was Jay George and whoever else was the next top student next to him. Mm-hmm. I resented this man for no reason. Shout out to Jay George, my best friend since third grade. Love him to death. That's my brother. Real bad boys. So we've been mm-hmm. calling ourselves bad boys for years. We we ride together. We shine together. Bad boys for life. That's what we. That's our mantra. Yeah. No fake shit. Like, cause some people be, be like, we the best. Nah, this some real. We the real deal. At one point, you we you never turn away and never see one of us. Right. But then I start resenting him. My he had a mental breakdown, wow. and like I don't you know go into too much detail about it because I don't want him to like. But it scared the hell out of me. Yeah. And if anybody who went to high school with me and listened to this episode or watching this episode in any shape, form, or fashion, you know, and that's been my best friend for years. And I was getting tried and talked to crazy, like, you ain't there for him. You ain't doing, bro, I didn't know what to do. Yeah, right. This is my friend that has been seen as the top student and genius for every school we've been to. And we sophomores right now. 
and I'm watching him fall. And I was supposed to be drum majors with him. I got in trouble. We both tried to be drum majors. He got first sophomore drum major in history at May. Yeah. Technically, if I never got in trouble, from what I was told, I don't know if it'll ever be true, but I was told they were going to pick both of us. Yeah. So I could have been by his side with him, but I'm still in the band. Prove, got to prove something. Right. He got it over me. So now I got to prove that I'm not some resentment for no reason. But then when it, it got to relationship stuff. Yeah. Um, That's rough. My high school sweetheart, I made a lot of mistakes. And um, it was just like, everything was just moving so fast. Moving yeah. so fast. It was just moving so fast. All the things that you do, think about, like, I, I, didn't, I didn't lose my virginity since I was in freshman year of college. So it was never about Shout that. Shout out. You dig? I, I held Shout my, out. I held my own. You dig? Held my own. All right, all right, all right, all right. You got to give him that, bro. But then I flexed about losing my virginity. Mm. To prove something. To your boys? Right. Right. He'll say. Okay. I don't never lie. I embellish. <laughs> Yo, well, you know. So here's 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 my next question. If we were to focus on mental health issues at such a young age, you feel like that would reduce the incarceration rate? Well, yeah, yeah, hell because yeah. then it forces you to have children have a voice in school. Yes. They be coming to school and you asking them to complete this work. They shit got thrown outside. Yeah, or they mm-hmm. they mama caught. Daddy called him a bitch, or you gotta think like we don't know. We don't know what happened once they step foot outside that school. And we just and to start my day, yo, complete my assignment, sign my work in, turn my homework in. I hate starting my day like that because I know what I was gonna do. Yeah, and And guess what? There were teachers that could see it on my face. I never said I should put a gun to my head. They say driving something wrong, drive you not, or if I start acting the hell out. Right. It's the teacher that know me the best, right. Miss McCulley. She'll come see. And shout I, out to Miss McCulley. And let me add, can I add this real shout quick? Out to her. I, I, and that's middle, elementary, but middle working, school. The fact that you still Mr. remember Graw. her name. Mr. Graw was a white man who taught me how to debate and taught me to give me the voice that I have today. Working with kids for so long, there's one, McCulley, one thing that, that I've heard. <laughs> um, there's a quote that says, kids don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, that was something that, as it, as I became a teacher, I had to remind myself every day. You're a servant you leader. You have to show these kids that I care about you, mm-hmm. right? And I would say that's one of the major growth points from my second, my first year to my second year as an educator, is that there's a been there's a there's a need, especially working in inner cities with our young black kids, right? We don't work right. with young black kings every single day, and there are situations you realize this. I had to realize. There's kids who we they they see us and we represent the fathers, right? We represent big brothers, we represent some role models, right? We represent but we also represent not just the fathers who are there or who might not be there, we also represent the men who may have hurt them. Right? Mm-hmm. We also represent the men who may have walked out on them. Right. Right. Yeah. And so there's is there's situations where that due to a lack of relationship that because we're in this position of power, this position of influence, and that kid sees us in a in a position where they're like, "Yo, I can't get me, I can't spaz out on dad." But I'm a spaz out on I'm a see about you. You is nobody. I never to me. forget. I feel that. I never yeah. forget the one moment I had. I recognized this. I said there was a kid. Um, my first year, I said, "Yo, uh, I tell him to go inside." You know, and it's early in the morning. You know, how we get we get get to work early, and this kid just sees me. And I seen hate in his eyes that if he had a gun, 
He would have killed me. He literally looked at me and was like, get out of my face. I hate you. And I'm like, bro, I, I just met you three weeks ago. Oh, Tyree. Like, I'm like, yeah. bro, I said, and, and I'm looking at him, and another teacher came over and was like, yo, Boy. X, Y, and Z, That's you, you look like, you, 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 you look That's like good. his dad. Right. right. And him and his dad don't have the best relationship. And you have to and I have to recognize I'm like, yo, that's crazy. And from as that time when that happened, then uh, um, more opportunities started to emerge and arise. And I had to do a self check yeah. and say, how am I connecting with my kids? Right. How right. am I ministering? And going back to why we believe that children, um, uh, uh, that our kids, African-American kid, children should receive counseling. Bro. I never forgot the statistic that I learned one time in one of my youth ministry classes. It said that African-American children, predominantly inner city uh, uh, urban youth, suffer from PTSD at a higher rate than veterans who come back from Iraq. I said, what? That is just insane. And thinking about that's who we serve. But that's yeah. that's who we are, and that's, that's who we are. That's who we grew up in. This. That's why. It so, don't, but then, what do you perpetuate? Is anybody who don't have a conversation with your how, no. like, how you let your kid in the house and they just keep to play play the game and they get to just exactly. do stuff. They so don't exactly. There's some parents out there that still don't ask their children how they how they nope. yeah. like. Some kids usually just say they just walk they just walk in their house or they walk make it to their room. It's conditioned yeah. to be a quick just, thing. Man. Exactly. Yep. So. Now, I just want to sum it up like this. If you if you know that you have a friend that is bothered by something, or if you know that you're bothered by something, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. True friends out there, ask your closest friends, are you okay? Can yeah. you talk? Can you are talk, you okay? Can now we really? Can now you dive into something? Cause what you really need to think about is, have we really even? Do we? Were we just going with the motion for years? You got to realize the foundational parts of what you thought a friend was and yeah. all that was when mm-hmm. you were a child. You took that with you. Yeah. Bro, I got somebody who I thought was my road dog. I was drumming with this man. Broke my heart. Yeah. And to this day, don't get it. He think he's over a woman. Nah. Ain't got nothing to do with no woman. Yeah. Ain't got nothing to do with no woman. Simple. It's the fact of brotherhood and y'all Just know about the situation. Trust. At the end of the day, we talked about this. For me, this is a mental health Broken issue. Because right. yeah. it, it, it got to be something... For you to not realize that, bro, that, that broke my heart, dog. Yeah. Because I was given one piece of information from you one way, and you gave me another piece of information this way, and then I went back to a source, and then it was totally opposite. So I, I can't just, that's a mistrust for somebody I've known so yeah. long. That's real, bro. And that's and that's so hard to, to get back from. And, but, Mark, just like you were saying, um, like, ask your friends, like, how, are you okay? I also have learned that in order for that to work, there needs to be a level of vulnerability that I have. That when they really your that, that when people drop them, you know, ask me, "Yo, how you doing?" That I don't just give them the generic automatic. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And there's moments that people have asked me, especially recently, "Hey, how you feeling?" I'm like, "I'm good. I'm good. I'm good." And then I say, "You know what? I'm better than I was yesterday." You know, and, you know what, you know what I learned? I hate that basic question asking scheme. Which one? Exactly. How are you? No, no, no. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, to, to your point, to build on your point, if somebody really wanted to know you, yeah, and know what you were feeling, they got a specific question they want to ask. How you feeling to me is generic, because but, how I'm feeling right then in the moment, but I'm probably ready to go do whatever next on my mind. But to really know, it's like this: I got you ready. 
Tariq, what are your thoughts on your walk with Christ as you've grown day to day as an educator, knowing that you put more work in the classroom than you get to put in the pulpit? That's a question. The, that's a I, dedicated question, knowing that I know you. Right. I get it. And I, and I, I'm 100% onto that. I don't think the how are you question is generic. I think it's become generic. Because people don't often, especially in New York, we, we do this, hey, how you doing? And we just keep it pushing. I've Going made nowhere. a consistent, I've made a, a effort in my life that when I ask that question, how are you doing? I look you in your eyes and I stop and I wait for your response. Whether you give me a true, uh, honest answer, or if you're a real friend of mine and I know something's up, I'll look at you and say, great, I'm glad you said that. But tell me, how you really doing? And at that moment, there's been moments where someone asked me and I've broken down like, yo, I just... I can't even be. And you always know when people can't. When you say, how you doing? They go, oh, they'll give you eye contact. Right. Look at me. I'm doing yeah. all right. I'm doing all right. Yeah, doing and then you're like, yeah. wait a minute. Pause for a moment. Right. Yeah. Right. But what you asked, the question that you asked, I think all of it together needs to, it all requires vulnerability, though. Right. Because you can ask me that very specific question, and I can lie. Oh, you know, it's good, man. You know, you know, I still stay in my word. And the truth is, when you asked me that just now, in a hypothetical sense, my heart leaped. Because there's been a long, it's been a so long since someone asked me a question that direct and that deep. Because that's what I'm, in what a I, real right. way. So where, my point is, that's what I'm saying about yeah. mental health. I believe mental illness is what has got stopped us from allowing to use like seek more logic. Yeah, we 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 we, we think that the learning of all that to understand yeah. it is based off of a psychology major. That's right. not it. Yeah, we have limited ourselves from impacting this thing, which is con- not controllable, but controllable. Yeah, and and to to just close us out with that, I just want us to just like you know do more research. Yeah, like read more online. Absolutely. Google is a person's best friend to be honest. Yo. I go to Google for everything. Every time someone asks you a question, I'm like, Google is free. Bro. It is everything, <laughs> and I also recommend watching the you know um, Hernandez. Yo, I, I, I'm telling you, recommend that. Watching that, I mean, the things that just comes out of his mouth, you could just tell that he needed help. Yeah. Yeah. You could just tell. And we I, need people. Listen. We all need We all need help in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. And we are all just masking something. Something there's something that we're dealing with that we're masking. And it's real. But in order for us to grow, in order for us to actually get through, there's a level of vulnerability that's going to be that's required. But there's also a level of trust that that's required. But there's also a level like what what Michael was saying is a level of education that's going to be required. People need to be empowered and inspired. And Mark, I'm going to encourage you. You'll have that conversation with your parents. And if they do not receive it, bro, we here for you, bro. My man. Love you, man. You already know, man. Thank you. Y'all know what's Thank up. Thank you again. Check man. us out on Twitter, Ghetto Profits. What, what episode is this? Episode four? Episode four, baby. Episode four, right. baby. Yeah, what it do, baby. Yo, what thank you for tuning do? in. Don't forget to follow us on Ghetto Profits Podcast on IG. Peace. God bless y'all. See y'all, baby. We've got all the news right here. I'm going to stop you right there. I see you about to settle on a day-old donut for breakfast. Well, this is a chick intervention. Because McChicken Biscuits and Chicken McGriddles are now at McDonald's. So just hit that drive through and change your life. For breakfast, you got this.
Wake Up Breakfast. Say good morning to McChicken for breakfast. Right now at your local McDonald's, you can mix and match two chicken McGriddles or McChicken biscuits for just $3. Price and participation may vary at participating McDonald's for a limited time.